Everything was fine. He was fine. He went to work. He explored the city. He exercised during the hot nights, which were slightly more tolerable than the fuck it's hot days. He functioned. It was all good because the cheap local food outweighed the cost of the rent, and the cheap transportation balanced out the cost of all the expensive expat events, and the cheap regional flights made it easy to push back the thoughts of home. So many beautiful places at a plane hopping distance, all more appealing than the fifteen-hour flight back to where he came from. This was the life, the dream life. Filled with sex and sexy people, luxurious photo ops for social media, variety but not chaos, exotic, exciting, and absolutely independent. He was sovereign, with no one to answer to, except to the god that was his job, the keeper of his visa, and the reason he moved there in the first place. The only thing was the booze was expensive, so he found hacks. The plum wine from the grocery store in the basement of the mall, the one to the east of his building, made a pretty good cocktail with ice. Soju with soda water from the Seven Eleven could be nice, and in a pinch, beer was cheap but shitty. But then he took a cheeky jaunt to a nearby island just far enough to count as an international trip, and it dawned on him: duty free. Entire bottles of alcohol could be bought and brought in, and the hefty taxes avoided. But he wasn't really a drinker, maybe a binge drinker, some would say. But that was quite normal in those crowds in those days. Now, though, he was a day drinker of spirits. First, it was just the weekends to pass the time. Going out was a budgetary ballbuster, and new to the city, he had few friends. So instead, he'd mix a cocktail, turn on that pathetic excuse for an aircon, and lie naked in his naked flat. When the night came, sometimes it would be just cool enough for Moraine to open the windows, and the crickets would hum him into a zen, and those simple pleasures felt something like happiness—a lonely happiness, but still. And so, why not drink during the week? Plenty of people have a little daily nip before bedtime. No, one, maybe two drinks to help him sleep, an aid. Then it crept up one day, the urge to take a nip a bit early,、hmm, around lunchtime, on a workday. That quiet moment after his escape from the busyness of the morning. A sneaky sip that would ease him into the afternoon, and that ridiculous death trap requirement of clocking out at five. Fuck it, Don Draper did it. That freelancer they brought in did it, though it did get him fired. Plenty of fancy people in positions of power take pride in having the freedom to have a luxurious midday libation, and why not? This man, a fancy job title and impressive lifestyle logline, why should he not have his midday nip? It went this way for months. Those buzzy, sleepy afternoons turned into hazy nights, and then back into burning hot, ultra clear mornings. Bullshit, he mused one morning, staring into his coffee cup dejectedly. All of it. Not my country. Not my friends. Not my life's work. 
The rotation of the sun marked nothing but a soulless repetition of words and actions. He found himself unable to drink away those hard truths. No one to complain to, though, because it was his choice. No one in the country cared about his problems, and no one out of the country knew that it was 2 p.m. and that he had decided to go back home to take a nap and sleep off the liquid lunch he just had, a decision he'd taken more frequently as of late. Sometimes he just wouldn't go back in. What's the point of going back to one's desk to do shit work? Instead, he'd spend the twilight hours navigating drunkenly through his growing list of existential problems and then turn on some kung fu flick until he fell into a fitful sleep. When a wink in a nightcap would no longer put him to sleep, he would find himself awake until dawn, wandering the city in the shadows. In the freedom of the cool darkness, he skulked quietly, miserable, but still reveling in the rebellion of being out late on a school night. But if a stranger were to make note of him, he'd cast his eyes downwards, darting out of sight. Clammy and red-eyed, he felt himself a freak, unwelcome in so many corners of the cities where locals lived, where people had long-time neighbors and families and voted. If they found meaning in their lives, then he couldn't blame the place, right? Outwardly, he seemed fine, functioning. Well, no one really knew his normal, so it was tough to say, but expats are weird, you know? They have all types of issues, and some of them just can't adjust. They can always just take that long-haul flight back to where he came from. He was sovereign, 